Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It is playoff time! Yes! Playoffs? We're talking, We're talking about playoffs. Play- We're talking playoffs, baby! Week 14, 15, and 16. The weeks that you have been preparing for. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the one, the only, Mike Petrop, my brother. This is our uh, our second episode, our second review episode of the year, where due to schedule changes in the NFL, we're recording while a game is going on. I love these games. I love doing this. Like we're we're so right now. There's one minute and forty nine seconds left in the first. And it looks like a uh, fair catch interference call is going to cost the Redskins some yards on the. Well, you're uh, you're streaming on your end. You know, I'm watching it on cable, so it's a commercial right now, Tim. Try to keep up. Oh man, so you're about to ruin everything for me. I <laughs> yeah. Hate well, you. somber news to start. Antonio Gibson, after two carries, is doubtful to return with a toe injury. Yeah. There goes that. Very upsetting. Yeah, for sure. Now, look, if you are have been a, a listener for a long time, and we'll we'll get to talk Antonio Gibson uh, in the future because we don't know if he's going to come back yet. It's still only the first quarter. He's doubtful to return, but he may still come back. I hope he does. I hope yeah, he does. He's doubtful, man. Yeah, that's true. But when if does you, anyone ever come back from doubtful? Yeah, not quite. It's 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 very rare. Um, so if you have been a listener all year and you have not made the playoffs, I'm hoping that's a rare occasion. Um, because, you know, we have, I think we've given advice, a playoff advice. I think our advice I'd has been playoff so. worthy. I'd say so. Um, and, you know, if you didn't make the playoffs and you're finding like, ah, I'm not really into fantasy football the way that I used to be, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. The difference between what you do next year and what you do and what you don't do next year is going to be made in these last few weeks. That includes week 17, even though most people aren't playing championships in week 17. Um, that includes week 17. Think about this. We're going into week 14, 14, 15, 16, 17. That's a fourth of the season that's still left on the on the on anything. You're not going to go forward with any type of information with three-fourths of the information. You're not going to go forward if you're a doctor and give someone a a, a, pr- a license to practice if they only know 75% of the information. It's just, it's harder to succeed that way. So stick around. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast will keep you informed uh, first and foremost uh, for your future endeavors. And also, you could also play fantasy at any time with Daily Fantasy and on Thrive Fantasy. So with that being said, before we get started today, Michael, why don't you tell them about Thrive Fantasy and how they can get into it in case they didn't make the playoffs? Yeah, uh, just go to ThriveFantasy.com or download the Thrive Fantasy app. Both are pretty user-friendly, and you could uh, join some DFS um, contests, but rather than choosing a lineup with salary and such, you choose players based on props, such as over 250 passing yards for Ben Roethlisberger tonight. You choose over-under, and... You choose 10 out of a list of 20 or so, and whichever user ends up with the most points at the end wins some cash money. And if you uh, deposit from starting at $20 up to 50 bucks, you will get a deposit match with code BROTO20, B-R-O-T-O-2-0 for all new users. 
from our interactions with people on um on social media to our Patreon, pretty confident that you are still in the playoffs. And if you're still in the playoffs right now, then that means you are playing for a championship. And the best place to get championship belts is partybelts.com. Uh, remember, if you use the code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, you can get 15% off this fire belt that is completely customizable. Comes, It's big, it's nice, but it's not overly bulky and flashy for no reason. It's one size fits all and it has beer holders so you could serve your friends while you serve your friends. Check it out. Like I said, 100% customizable. Not only can you do this for your championships, but if you've got a boy who's who's a bachelor party you're going to be going to safely uh, anytime soon. If you have a, uh, a, a a kid who's a fan of any type of athlete or any type of team, you can get that athlete or team uh, customized or something uh, something from that team. They have They have a Patrick Mahomes belt. They have all this stuff that's pretty cool. So go check them out, partybelts.com, completely customizable, and uh, 15% off with the promo code Broto, that's B-R-O-T-O. Yo, Tim. Yo, Mike. Before we start, we got like, uh, what, it's like the end of the first quarter at this point in the Steelers game. Have you seen Chase Claypool on the field? I have seen him, yes. I've been looking for him, but it does not no, seem like he's... he's. I don't like, know. I legitimately have not seen him on the field. I've seen him on a couple plays. I've seen him on a couple plays. Because I, I remember looking at him because Steelers... I mean, Steelers uh, wide receivers right now, all honesty are playing a giant role in what's going to happen in the playoffs in our in our home league. And for those of you who know, we we call it our home league because, you know, we love it. We've been playing with the same guys who are all really knowledgeable about football. I put in the chat, I'm I'm in leagues with industry experts that aren't as competitive as, my, as our home league. It's one of the reasons why we started a podcast about fantasy football because you have to be this good. You know what I mean? So when – so we have a lot of Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron, Deontay Johnson, all – ready to go so a lot of a lot of uh implications for not only us a lot of people in three games three games monday and tuesday is not something you see every day t- every day very rare yep like think we're about up, it we're bro. not even talking about three games on the, on the slate that's so rare it's crazy i mean it's uh that's the the way things are going these days in the ye old 2020 michael just had no idea how to respond to that at all <laughs> like you you were just so caught off guard by my like hey michael it's your turn to talk now no i mean i was uh <laughs> trying to figure out if chase claypool is playing or not <laughs> that's that's michael uh, going through twitter with <laughs> ferocity um no it seems to be a common uh theme like where's chase claypool so i don't know if he's i wouldn't like, be i wouldn't be surprised if he's not that prominent in a in a defensive you know in a in a matchup against a defense that gets to the quarterback at the rate that Washington does second in the league in sacks, I would not be surprised if he doesn't factor too much into this game plan and it's more of the yards after catch ability of Deontay Johnson and the slot the slot abilities of um, Juju Smith-Schuster and the tight end abilities of Eric Ebron. I think that... No, no I'm just I'm not buying it. There's something going on with Claypool. I'll figure it out. I'll keep you all updated. I'll tell you what, by the time you listen to this, you'll probably know the answer. So we're yeah, literally wasting time. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the headlines. Fair enough. Because it ain't no day like a day with Danny H. Yeah. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. 
Oh, good old Donny H. Donny so, H, baby. Always brightening up our Mondays. So, Michael, our first headline, you already mentioned, Antonio Gibson, doubtful to return. So we'll skip over that one. Second one, it is an interesting one uh, because the Browns had a big day last uh, last week, this week, this week that just passed. Browns claimed Marvin Hall off waivers from the Lions. Hmm. Interesting. The Lions were using Hall a bit as a field stretcher. Yes. Cordell Hodge currently injured. Taewon Taylor also didn't play. So they do need some depth at that position. But, Michael, you one of your calls on Twitter, which is why you should probably follow us, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, this is where we update you when we're not doing um when we're not doing podcast podcasts, exactly. And uh brotofantasy.com to check our rankings. As soon as Cordero Hodge went down, Michael's like Hollywood Higgins, big time boost him up your rankings. Um so interesting to see like for those who were maybe gonna put in big bids on Hollywood Higgins, uh they signed Marvin Hall, so probably someone cutting into his workload next week, regardless of Cordero Hodge's uh the health. Yeah. Um, he went in this week. The whole Browns offense, dude. I guess, I mean, I guess it's time to start buying into that offense outside of the monsoon. I think a two-week stretch of dominant offense is enough to say that, like, Cleveland actually has a good offense. Like, everyone likes to shit on Baker Mayfield and all that, and because he's had his troubles, we all know that. But, like, he had three straight games in monsoon weather. Like, you just... Look at these last two weeks where he actually had weather that he was able to throw in, and the dude threw four touchdown passes in the four, in the first half last week. And if it was anywhere near a close game, could have thrown more. I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones dropped a touchdown in the beginning of the game that resulted in a field goal that could have been a fifth touchdown pass. So yeah, I mean that offense is uh is starting to go. It's looking good. Uh, something that's not looking good for Josh Jacob Jacobs managers. John Gruden said he wouldn't expect Josh Jacobs to play. Now, there is, you know, this it was off the heels of a very disappointing game against the Jets. Um, it's also on the heels of he was talking about three guys at once. He was talking about Damon Arnett, Jonathan Abrams, two DBs, and Jacobs at the same time saying he wouldn't doesn't think any of them will play. Um, that's bad news because Josh Jacobs is a workhorse, and what was proved last week is that Devontae Booker will not be. Um, split the split the snaps fifty fifty with Jalen Rashard. He did get most of the carries. Um, he's kind of salvaged the day with five half PPR points. To not, I mean, no. it's a bust, not a salvage at all. But you I know, mean, I, I I hope he plays. I hope Josh Jacob plays. He split it with Rashard and Theo Riddick, which I I was like, watch, you're gonna bring Theo Riddick in now, and they did. Um, yeah, I mean, I was. I was concerned about Devontae Booker. Like I told you on the on the Wednesday podcast, like, no, I don't want I don't want this to be a oh, I just plug in my backup running back because Josh Jacobs is head over heels better than Devontae Booker. And that's what ended up happening. I mean, even in a cakewalk matchup against the Jets, Devontae Booker did nothing. So like you may be forced to play him again next week, and unless he finds the end zone, I doubt he has any sort of big game for you, especially with Jalen Richard and Theo Riddick mixing in on the uh in pass catching situations, it's certainly rough if Josh Jacobs misses another week, and it's uh not good with the playoffs looming. Please don't miss the playoffs. 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 I'm sorry, Michael. What were you saying? Um, 
Zach Martin uh, placed on injured reserve for the Cowboys. So another, I mean, they, he's been out. This is official now, but he's on there. Panthers placed Curtis Samuel on the reserve COVID list. Uh, this is a big one. Curtis Samuel has been someone that you are playing. Uh, now his his game is in doubt. So uh, it looks like he's a contact trace at this point. So he may still play, um, but looks like Curtis Samuel is sitting out for now. Yeah, man. Samuel and Moore is just super upsetting, especially week 14 when the playoffs start. Those two have had some big games. And, oh, we got a Chase Claypool alert back in the game. There it goes. And uh, touchdown for Deontay Johnson. Yes! Six Woo! yards out. <laughs> all right. Excellent excellent news, Michael. You're hitting me with good news all over the place. It's waves of goodness. Thank you. Anyway. For goodness sake. Let's eat some cake. <laughs> um, something that is not a wave of goodness is that Matt Rule said he is hopeful that Christian McCaffrey can return week 14. Not... Not saying anything with any certainty. If you are a CMC manager Tim. and you have made it to the playoffs and you've been waiting, he has to play. Yo, reversed for a legal man downfield. I'm sorry. Oh, come on, Michael. Yep, I did that to you. I'm sorry. I did. I mean, we're recording here. I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to keep up. But anyways, yeah, oh. Christian McCaffrey coming back. I'm over here chilling timing. right now. And now I'm all nervous again. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now it's Chase Claypool's time to score. I'm just calling it. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Tim, I agree. Christian McCaffrey coming back now is just glorious news. Um, I mean, it's going to be whoever. If you made it to the playoffs with Christian McCaffrey on your roster, same thing with Austin Eckler. If you made it there with Austin Eckler on your roster, you have a huge boost. And it's uh, they came back at the perfectly right time. Head coach Joe Judge, who of the Giants, by the way, if you don't know, who honestly has been great. People haven't been giving him enough kudos for the jobs he's been doing with the with the Giants right now. Uh, he says that Daniel Jones will have every opportunity to play in Week 14. I don't know what that means. I, I'm guessing what that means is like if he's healthy, he'll play. To that, yeah. I, I'll probably say duh. You know? Yeah, I mean Colt McCoy was serviceable at best. Like it's not like he was good by any means. You know? So I mean, they definitely could use Daniel Jones back on the squad. And, uh, I mean, that that defense is legit, yo. Like, they just dominated Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, and it just keeps improving week after week. They're no longer like, oh, the NFC East or scrub-ass team is going to win. Like, the Giants are legit rolling. Like, they actually look like a pretty damn decent team. If they keep this up, let's see. Let's see what happens. But uh, Leonard Williams is getting sacks. They're clearly the favorites at this point, in my eyes. When Leonard Williams... Gets two sacks. You are rolling. I mean, Leonard Williams over the last few weeks has absolutely been balling out, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if you can get that kind of... If he could be what he was always meant to be, that defense completely changes. Completely changes. Completely. Um, Take two. Deontay Johnson, two-yard touchdown. Hey! (laughs) Not called back this time, either. I hope hope not. Um, Another reason to dance... Greg Williams fired as the defor- defensive coordinator for uh, for the Jets. Let me tell you this right now. If you Hilarious. haven't seen this yet, this was something else. Michael, you want to you want to explain it? Or you want me to do it? Uh, you you seem like you're in the the spirit of explaining. I'm a. You know what? I am in the spirit of explaining. Now that you mention it, 
Six seconds to go. Me, Michael, and Jason, and Johnny, our fourth brother. We are all in a group chat with our cousin as well, Yanni. We're all in a group chat together, and we're watching the game. And all of a sudden, woohoo, woohoo breaks out because we're all Jets fans. And with six seconds left, a 45-yard touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs gives the Raiders a victory. This was done because Greg Williams called a house blitz with no safety help over the top with six seconds left. Yep. You know, he's actually like this isn't I know you're I know you're all about the they're tanking, whatever. Uh he's there's actually like articles from the past discussing about how Greg Williams does things like that in these types of situations because he feels like bringing the pressure like don't even let him get the ball into the end zone. It's it's funny that you said that. But to have zero safety help is an absolute joke. It's funny that you say that because since 2000 there have been 256 this is according to ESPN stats and info. 256 opportunities just like the one that the Jets were facing where basically one pass needed to win it or you were going to lose and it had to be a Hail Mary touchdown. 256 different times in since 2000. Not a single time was there an all-out blitz called in those games. This is legitimately unprecedented. Legitimately. And not for nothing, Derek Carr missed a wide-open Nelson Aguilar the play before in the end zone. He got behind the defense yes. twice. The Raiders got behind the defense twice in a row with less than 20 seconds remaining from the 50-yard line with 20 seconds left. I bet that's what Greg Williams was thinking, too. Like, yo, I had safety just, help. They got beat. So I'm, I'm going to have to get to the quarterback or lose. Which is a which is a which is a thing to think. No, I don't know. Just so unbelievably Jets that it's actually believable. I will tell you what though, in 25 years, when the documentary is written about Trevor Lawrence being the best quarterback in in the history of football and doing so for the Jets and winning um, four Super Bowls in a row, when that when that is is finally made, the beginning. Jeez, Louise is gonna be yesterday. It's going to be Greg Williams and that play. We are, it's the lowest of the low, the worst loss in the in the league of the year for a team that's not going to win any games, and then they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and everything's going to change, and you watch it. Watch it. Watch. I guess time, I guess time will tell, Tim. Time Greg, will tell. Greg Williams, thank you. Thank you. Your valor and honor of sacrificing yourself for the greater cause of King Lawrence in New York. You're an, you're a gentleman. Thank you. And it's Greg. hilarious he got the boot before Gase, but I mean let's move on from the Gase Jets, made the decision. Gase made the decision. Gase de- made the decision to fire him. <laughs> Ran it by the owner and the GM. Who's giving Adam Gase the decision to do anything? Yo, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Douglas was just like, <laughs> sure, Adam, go ahead. <laughs> like, what? Like you're gone too, bro. You're not coming I mean, at back. At this point, let's just hope it's all a ploy at this point because it's a little ridiculous that he still has a job. <sighs> One thing that should be noted is that the Browns kept Hugh Jackson after going 0 16. Stranger things have happened. Stranger True. things have happened. Um, Panthers will close the team facility uh, Monday and Tuesday. 
with some COVID-19 positive tests. Um, and that is the last of the news. Now it's time to get into the recap of the week. We start off, of course, with the obvious stuff. Stuff that we knew was going to happen. Stuff that the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast listeners cashed in on. We saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. All right, Michael, who's your first saw that coming? A lot of things these days you don't see coming, Tim. But one thing we could always count on. Christian Kirk letting us down. (laughs) And I had to throw Christian Kirk in here because I said this matchup against the Rams uh, was an abysmal one. And people, for some reason, still wanted to trust Christian Kirk as a wide receiver three option. And I guess now people are finally catching on because now the Roto World blurb says he's a low floor wide receiver four or five after calling him like a wide receiver two a couple weeks ago. He ended with one catch for two yards on three targets, despite the fact that the Cardinals put up 28 points. Like, it's not like they didn't move the ball at all offensively. Like, they did struggle through the air. And DeAndre Hopkins didn't even have a big game. But to go one catch and three yards is just disgusting. And you might as well have started nobody in that spot. Yeah. And we, and we, uh, we were adamant about not starting the man named Christian Kirk. Gross. Uh, it was gross. I was a little more like on the side of he can be a an outside play at wide receiver for or tight end. I mean, or a flex. <sighs> Definitely would have nope. been like tight end six. Uh, either way, but uh, um, let's go to <laughs> tight end six point seven, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, let's go to my first guy. I'm just rubbing it in the face of you and Jason here, David Montgomery. Biatch. <laughs> Yo, sometimes, I mean, sometimes, sometimes chalk hits. What do you want me to <laughs> Yo, say? Yo, sometimes fantasy football is not that hard. Play the running back against the worst running back defense in the league. All I'm saying That's it. is that all I'm saying is Cordero Patterson got ten rushes himself, so it's a, a little concerning. Yeah, imagine David Montgomery scored twenty plus points despite the fact that he didn't even even get all the carries. I'm he just saying if that's better. Gonna, if that's going to be a new thing where Cordero Patterson gets. A large chunk of the carries, it's not going to be good going forward. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, Why, for this week, don't, obviously, don't, worked out. Don't Shut throw up. salt. Don't be salty. It's because you lost the bet. Jason yeah, and Michael, you do? You, you, here's a little behind the scenes. Jason hit up the, the group chat, the Brodo group chat before the games. He's like, yo, Timmy, can you not have David Montgomery ranked as an RB1? That's stupid. I'm like, what? He's playing the Lions. Like, yo, it's, bro, it's so dumb. Now, people, now we can't even say that, that Brodo didn't have him as a, a running back one because of you. Yeah, because of me, we were right, fucker. Jason. By the way, congratulations to Jason who finished up his last <laughs> his last uh, thing that he had to finish up for law school. And now he's going to be back better than ever. Well, his last, his last final. His he's last final. completely finished the law school. You're no, 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 no. You're right, you're right. A bit that, confusing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, his last final for law school, and he will be back and better than ever for the playoffs. But that's why he was—he's been off the past couple weeks because he—he could have came on and just gave you his general knowledge, but he's like, I don't want to do that to the people and give them, you know, my divided attention rather than my undivided attention. So now you get the Bro. undivided attention, Jason, which we all know. If you want one thing in the playoffs, it's Jason with undivided attention. Um, but also suck it about David Montgomery at the same time. Michael, who's your second? I saw that coming. Uh, my second, I saw that coming, or we saw that coming, 
Mr. Corey Davis. I was very high on Corey Davis this week. I also tweeted about the fact that Cleveland was down Denzel Ward this week and Tennessee was down Johnu Smith. I said this could be a huge day for Tanny, A.J. Brown, and Corey Davis. Tanny ended up putting up 28.5 points, the true value king, despite the fact that he lost out on a touchdown because A.J. Brown fumbled at the one, and then Michael Pruitt picked it up and ran it in. So no touchdown for Tannehill, no touchdown for A.J. Brown. Jeez Louise, was that frustrating for me. But Corey Davis absolutely dominated on 12 targets, 11 receptions, 182 yards, Woo! and a touchdown. This is going to end as a top two receiver this week, barring any crazy games happening um, tonight and tomorrow night. So number one receiver, actually, I think Darren Waller's the only one with more points than yeah, him, but unless I'm missing like a huge game. He's wide receiver one right now. Yeah, so, yeah, I was all over Corey Davis this week. I had him in my lineup um, as my wide receiver three, and it was glorious. Truly glorious. Corey Davis has been glorious. Do you know who's really been glorious, too? My guy. My guy. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver three on the week so far, moves into wide receiver four on the season. Literally the only person that's more reliable, reliable than Justin Jefferson to get you a big game right now is Devontae Adams. And there's no one else that's as reliable at the moment. This is That's just the reality we live in. And imagine being Justin Jefferson for a second. Like, close your eyes. You go to LSU. You completely dominate to the point where you're the best wide receiver and you won the, you win the award for best wide receiver and you win the national championship undefeated. You score 50 points a game. Then you go to the NFL and you are leading the league in multiple passing categories you're number you're the number four overall receiver in in uh what do you call him fantasy you have over 10 touchdowns you know and you know what the the sign of a big play receiver is when you're watching the game you know because the because we're not watching the the all coaches 22 right so when there's a big play down the field most of the time you just have to be like you watch the, the route develop and you have to guess where the receiver would be because you don't see him run finish the route and you close your eyes like, oh, man, please, please, please be Jefferson. Please be Jefferson. And it's Jefferson every fucking time. Every single time. And uh, you got to love Justin Jefferson. This this kid is, is, I'm telling you, he's, he's if you drafted him in a dynasty league, congratulations. This He's going to be a superstar. Super duper yeah. star. He's just different. Justin Jefferson's an absolute beast. Shout out to him. Yeah. And, no and denying that. Kirk Cousins had a good week again on on the backs of that, and Adam Thielen, who's also well. Amazing. Yeah, when you have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson to throw to, it's quite the uh, quite the duo there. Just want to just want to point something out on also just honorable mention on the heels of what you said about Christian Kirk. Your boy called the Dan Arnold game. I'm just saying. You did. It was great. You should have put that in. Uh, we saw that coming, bro. I mean, that's, I guess it's an honor, honorable mention. Honorable mention, just because I don't want to flex that hard. I mean, I didn't see him scoring two touchdowns, but I saw I saw a place for him to succeed, and he did. So that was cool. Uh, I picked I picked him up in Dynasty two weeks ago after doing a little Dan Arnold homework, and I think I may have found myself a little gem. Um, let's now go on to the, now you're just uh, you're bugging out a little bit. Nah, let's, man, let's they, slow down. Nah, the dudes, the dude, they like him there. He's gonna be the tight end next year. It, it's a wide open offense. Who knows? Maybe he gets more involved. We, tell. we shall see. Uh, let's get into the next one, though. It is the surprise, surprise segment. Things that we definitely, most certainly, did not see coming. Surprise, motherfucker. All right, Michael, who you got? 
Man, right when you think the Jets offense is becoming a little more clear, they come out and have a very nice day against Las Vegas. And the return of Jamison Crowder happens, despite the fact that Crowder has been on a huge downward trend since he got hurt. Like, ever since he got, he came back in the three games since he came back, the targets were completely down. He was not anything like he was prior. And then, bam, five for 47 and two touchdowns against Las Vegas. Being used at the goal line, as always, because Adam Gase's favorite guy to throw to at the goal line is the slot receiver. Like when you when you hear those words, <laughs> like how do you think he's a good coach? That his slot receiver is his number one red zone target. It just it pisses me off thinking about Adam Gase. But yeah, I did not expect Jamison Crowder to have another top twenty wide receiver performance this week. Uh, I thought it was going to be a Brashad Perriman or Denzel Mims coming out party, but nope, it was Jamison Crowder. Talking about coming out of nowhere, Michael. To Jimity, your cricket. Oh, yeah. When do you think was the last time that he had a 100-yard game? Had to be against Houston. He dominates the Houston Texans. I don't know if it was actually against Houston, but when do you think it was just in terms of A couple like, of years ago? Week 16 of 2018. Yeah, when was the last time so. Tajimidi Cricket had a 100-yard game? But he went He went in. He kills the Texans, like Michael said. He also gets the Texans in two weeks. So, cha-ching! Um, if you start quick, him, for people who don't, know who to Jiminy a cricket Hilton oh, is. Oh, right, right. TJ if you're a newer T. listener, <laughs> it's T.Y. Hilton. I said T. It's T. an inside joke of the podcast. Brotofantasy.com um, if you want to go buy a shirt about that. If you just true that. that out there. And uh, Tim, you could go ahead and keep speaking about Mr. To Jiminy a cricket now. Yeah, I mean, he went in. Uh, he killed the Houston Texans. It was nice to see. Michael Pittman was definitely the, uh, the p- person who had to pay the price for that. Um, but, you know, he he did very well. And so that, that's an understatement. He looked explosive. He can get open. He really looked like the T.Y. Hilton involved. It looked like we were watching T.Y. Hilton play back in the day. So, I mean, the question is, does this mean anything? Is this just one game? Or is this T.Y. Hilton is finally healthy for the first time this year? And a healthy T.Y. Hilton, particularly as the slot receiver for Phillip Rivers does have value. So that's what we're going to have to decide coming up. Is this a mirage or is this the return of T.Y. Hilton? Honestly, this is back-to-back weeks now with T.Y. Hilton having a very solid game. So it does make you... It's very frustrating that now heading into the playoffs, it becomes the, should I trust T.Y. Hilton again? Honestly, two weeks back-to-back big games I don't know if I'd want to trust him like if I'm in the playoffs it'd be hard for me depending on maybe I have injuries I'm dealing with like maybe I had DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and they're not going to play this week now and now I have to pick someone up or I added him last week he does get Las Vegas the targets have been there the last couple weeks I'll probably end up ranking him in in flex territory but it's I don't know man it's going to be hard to trust him after uh how his season has gone prior to these last two weeks. It's uh it's definitely it's definitely a decision that is not gonna be easy if you have TY. Yeah. Um mine is Chad Hansen. Who? What? You just go back to back 
with T.Y. and Chad Hansen? Did you forget that T.Y. Oh, was your pick and not shit. mine? Yeah, I did. You went <laughs> in. You just went in. Well, you asked me about it. Well, I'm going to go two in a row now. Because oh, fuck the, you. You're a funny guy. Chad Former Hansen. Jet great. Former Jet great, though. I know. 101 yards on seven targets. <laughs> really? Sh- five catches. Really shitting all over my just... just what, what, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Jordan Atkins. Akins. Akins, damn it. Jordan Akins prediction. Fuck, man. What are you doing, bro? Jordan Akins is supposed to take those fucking. Nah. I mean, I was trying to tell you to slow down a little bit with, with Jordan Akins. You were. See how it goes first, but. You were. Should have started no offense. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a very big surprise. Uh, he got burned in the Texans' offense. The Roto World blurb next to his name doesn't seem to think that he's going to have any type of fantasy impact, but I think that's stupid. I think that if he's a receiver for a red-hot Sean Watson, then you need to have your ears to the ground on whether you or not you can start this guy because he's going to make his players viable because he's fucking nasty. And that's just how it's going to be. Honestly, they get Chicago and Indy the next couple of weeks, which are not good matchups, but like they are negative game script matchups, possibly. So uh, we'll see. All right, Michael, it's, now you can go two times in a row. Shout since. out to him. Since you like to hijack my uh, T.Y. Hilton segments. Well, I already went once, Tim. You went one-two-one action. You went well, you went with the one-two-one action, Tim. Well, I'm not paying attention because the Steelers are at the goal line right now in my TV land. <laughs> yeah, and Benny Snell just continues to get stuffed. He just got stuffed on fourth and goal. Three out of four tries. Oh, my God. Stuffed. Why are you telling me this? Because Benny Snell is awful. Mad annoying. He's an awful player. But why would you tell I'm, I'm obviously watching. I'm, it's third and goal right now. You ruined cable. it. You're the cable, worst type bro. of person. Cable, bro. Oh, look at me. I have cable. I'm so cool. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, Tim. <laughs> My second uh, surprise, surprise is one nobody saw coming. And I just, I, I could not go through the episode without bringing this up. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Dude, for Andy Reid to, like, make him active as a emergency back and to just not tell anyone at all the entire week saying, like, oh, yeah, he's sick, but if he's ready to go Sunday, he'll be ready to go, and then, oh, yeah, he's active, and then no. Nope. Not a single snap, just chilling on the sideline, just in case. And it's not his fault. I mean, he's dealing with the flu or whatever. But, man, a lot of teams probably lost by less than, like, four points with a donut from CEH. Giant donut. Very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's just uncalled for. One of these days, the NFL is going to put something in place that acknowledges how important fantasy football is to their bottom line with these injury reports and things like this. Like, they're going to have to do something that, you know, do something. They're going to have to do something because it's ridiculous. You can't do this. For what? A tiny competitive advantage? Like, you couldn't run the ball anyway. I don't know. It's it, it it's a complete disregard for a fantasy. I kind of yeah. I'm kind of being annoyed by it. I know I'm probably not shouldn't be annoyed by it, but I, I'm a little annoyed by it. How the NFL just kind of like ignores fa- fantasy, like it's some kind of little thing in the corner that you don't talk about. Don't well, know. only some do. They at some point it'll uh it'll catch on, but mm, for now, what are you gonna do? Hopefully that happens. Hopefully these players catch on. Stock up segment where we give you the players who are rising in value right for playoff time. 
Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Michael, who is your first player whose stock is going up? Yeah! My first player is a guy who was looking like a real cutie out on the field. <laughs> Mr. Kiki Cutie. Look, I was uh I was hesitant. Jason was you and J you and Jason were uh more ready to just jump in on Kiki QT. I was a little hesitant. I didn't know if he was just gonna retain the Randall Cobb role in that offense because he's never really been a field stretcher type guy in his life. Uh as in his young career. He's always been the the low depth of target guy, similar to like what Randall Cobb was doing in that offense. But boy oh boy, did that change this week? Nine targets, eight receptions, 141 yards. He had a 60-yard catch on the opening drive, a 64-yard reception. He was operating as Will Fuller in that role. And look, he's not Will Fuller. You're not just going to be able to replace Kiki QT with Will Fuller. But he does look like someone, if you were able to get him um, on your team, you may be able to trust as a wide receiver three moving forward, because let's not forget, being tied to Deshaun Watson is a huge plus. Deshaun Watson's one of the best QBs in the league, and he's been playing like it. He threw his first interception since Bill O'Brien was fired last week, and the only reason that happened was because the defender literally ripped it out of Brandon Cooks' hands, mm -hmm. and then Cooks got evaluated for a concussion, but he ended up being okay. And Deshaun Watson just continues to ball out. He should have had another touchdown at the end of the game, but it was a bad snap at like the two-yard line, and it ended up being recovered. So a couple bad beats made him look as if he didn't have that big of a game, where in the first half they dominated the Colts' defense a bit, and then in the second half they did slow down, but there were some tough breaks for him. And if Kiki QT is going to remain being that guy, um, that Will Fuller role guy for Deshaun Watson, his stock is certainly way up heading into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he is kind of like that direct replacement, which needs to be... Something that you, you got to be happy about. Yeah. Another thing that's just like, hallelujah. Oh, my God. Thank God, Alvin Kamara. Oh, my God. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Yeah, Alvin Kamara. 15 rush attempts for 88 yards. Alvin. And a rushing touchdown. Three targets. Two receptions for nine yards. 17 touches for Alvin Kamara. When you give Alvin Kamara 17 touches, it is very rare that he is not going to produce with said 17 touches. So, um, man, you got to love some Alvin Kamara in this scenario where he's back on the field, he's back getting the touches, and something of note, Sean Payton said that he thinks that Drew Brees could return by next week. Now, I would think not. But if that's the case, that changes a lot, and Alvin Kamara becomes an absolute ridiculous animal again to the point like he was the, the I'd also think not player. yeah I think that's not gonna happen I mean yeah, I mean it was it was good it's it was good, good news see, it's good news for week 15 and week 16 though if you are banking on that uh, bad news if you if Taysom Hill has been booing your team which he very <clears throat> well might very well might have been for the past couple of weeks but um good news for the weeks forward but I, it's a long shot for this week that's for sure Michael who's yeah, your first but, one yeah, shout out to Kamara. 15 rushes to five from Murray is, is very good. Well, my first one was Kiki QT, Tim. Try to keep up here. You can do it. I believe in you. One second, one second, one second. 
My second one, Miles Gaskin came back to a full workload. Right. 21 rushes, 90 yards, two receptions, and 51 yards. 13 fantasy points because he did lose a fumble in half PPR formats. But he could have had a much bigger game. Like, he could have had a huge game, but he got stuffed in the red zone a bunch of times. Any like it sucks, but going forward, that's going to continue happening. He gets KC, New England, and Las Vegas in the championship week. It is looking great for Miles Gaskin at the moment, and uh, he's someone I certainly want to have on my squad going into the playoffs. He's going to be a very, very trustworthy flex and a possible RB2 as well, as uh, James Washington t- takes a hook into the end zone from 50 yards out. James Washington, yeah, damn. That helps all of no one but some best ball teams. Another person that I picked up in, in Dynasty the other day. Wow. Got, wow, Tim, when, you're so good. I mean, when Juju's gone next year, James Washington's going to be a real threat in this offense, in my opinion. Um. Anyway, my next stock up is the entire Detroit Lions offense. No longer do we have Matt Patricia... To hold him back. And Daryl Bevel, 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 said that he wanted to go upfield, high pace offense. And they did. They leaned up, they they leaned on Matt Stafford and he produced. Um he was slanging the ball everywhere. Um Adrian Peterson had two touchdowns. Marvin Jones had a big game. Uh Matt Stafford had a big game. He spread the ball across the field. TJ Hawkinson. And it in the Detroit Lions whole offense improves when Matt Stafford throws more. And it's good news if you somehow have Kenny Galladay still on your uh in your IR spot and you're waiting for him to make a little playoff run. It's good news if you have Marvin Jones. It's good news if you have an opportunity at Matt Stafford. It's good news all around because I think that this high pace even if DeAndre Swift, I'm excited to see how many uh chances he gets to catch passes out of the backfield uh now because of it so uh definitely something to um to keep an eye on certainly certainly tim all right certainly so i'm done now michael (laughs) i'm certainly um my final uh stock rising here is something we discussed a little bit earlier on in that the cleveland offense without monsoon weather is beginning to pick up which means Jarvis Landry is beginning to pick up as a very viable play, and he is right back into the wide receiver two, wide receiver three territory heading into the home stretch. And this was a guy who is likely on a lot of waiver wires um, that you were probably able to grab for free. And, I mean, rightfully so. He had a very bad start to the season and with OBJ, and then when OBJ went down, he didn't have a single game over 10 points from week six to week 11 the monsoon games were mixed in there but now we have back-to-back games with at least 10 targets back-to-back games with at least one touchdown uh 200 receiving yards over that span baltimore the giants and the jets coming up baltimore is a difficult matchup obviously but the giants and jets weeks 15 and 16 are certainly exploitable matchups i don't know the giants have been really good yeah but i mean Travis landry isn't like a a prototypical outside receiver, so I doubt he's going to be lined up against James Bradbury at all times. That's true. And uh, Jarvis Landry's looking like someone you could uh, stick into your lineup as a wide receiver three and at least get a decent floor because that offense is uh, really uh, beginning to beginning to operate. Baker without without OBJ. 
I said it. Word. I said it. And, and, and you know, with uh, people won't, you know, you hear the, the narrative going on today, a lot of Baker Mayfield conversation, obviously. And none of the narrative was like, this is a Baker Mayfield without OBJ thing. It was, oh, this is a Baker Mayfield is getting better thing. Outside of monsoon weather, just like Michael said, without OBJ. Now, with OBJ, his highest output was 17.58 fantasy points. Outside of monsoon weather, where he was held to 7, 5, and 7 points. But again, monsoon weather. Outside of that, 30.78, fantasy points. That is a beast. Now, he was, all, he was almost my... Um, my stock up, but then I saw Baltimore and the Giants. But I'll tell you what, if he continues to play like this and he continues to play without OBJ the way that he's capable of, against the Jets, week 16, they'll probably be in a race for the playoffs. The Jets will be wanting to pack their bags and go home. I I might be starting him championship week. I'm, I'm looking ahead a little bit much, but I might be starting Maybe. him championship week. Um, I mean, with the way he's been going... It'll yeah. take some balls, in my opinion. But, I mean, if he keeps balling out, he has a tough task. He They got absolutely crushed by Baltimore week one. But, I mean, Baltimore was a different team. Cleveland was a different team. So, we'll see how this coming week goes. Fate favors the bold, as they say. Uh, my stock rising is Jonathan Taylor. i the Taylor. <laughs> 135 all-purpose yards for this dude. Three for three through the air, 13 carries, 16 touches overall. His role is starting to become more clear. Now, if you're expecting him to be the third-round pick that you that you drafted, he's just not. If you're looking at him from at it from a from a completely year-long perspective, he's a bust. That's that's okay. It's okay. You can still trust him to have a role and to be productive for a team that will be in a lot of games, will be winning a lot of games, so he'll have an opportunity to carry the ball. And I I like what I'm seeing out of Jonathan Taylor. He's getting better as the year goes on. He's not the guy you drafted him to be. He's not. But that's okay. Because eventually, you have to just accept who he is, and right now he's a guy who can help you win. So his stock is up for me. All right. I mean, fair enough. He does seem to be finally at least locking into the majority. It, it It's a little concerning, though, that it wasn't until late in the game where he really started getting going. Prior to that, it was a mix between him, Hines, and Wilkins again. So we'll see how it goes next week. True. But let's uh, get into the stock down, Tim. Let's end it on the somber note, as always. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Michael, who's your stock falling? Falling. Uh, my first stock falling is Devontae Parker. Two attack of Iloa seems to be locked in as a starting quarterback, which means Devontae Parker may as well be locked into your bench or wide receiver three territory. Casey in New England the next couple of weeks is not a good matchup if you are looking for a volume type guy. That's what he is with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It, Ryan Fitzpatrick slings the ball his way over and over. Tua Tagovailoa is more of a game manager, just 
trying to go downfield, and they're running the ball a lot. They looked despicable in the first half. He did look a lot. Tua did look a lot better in the second half. Um, I'll give him credit there. But I mean, it was against Cincinnati, and I'm I'm just my opinion's not going to change. That Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the starting quarterback for this team this year if they're serious about making a Super Bowl run. But right now, Tua Tagovailoa is the quarterback, which means Devontae Parker's ceiling lowers dramatically. Like, I moved him from wide receiver 14 to, I think, wide receiver 30, 30 or something around there. Wow. Once once I heard the news that Tua was going to be the starting quarterback, and that wasn't even low enough. He ended up five and a half points against Cincy. Um, speaking of not even low enough, Tyler Lockett is stock falling. At this point, since he had that 51-point explosion in Week 7, he has scored less than 10 fantasy points in five out of the last six weeks. The offense has completely stalled out. Um, Russell Wilson hasn't been the same guy. DK Metcalf has been more up and down. He hasn't been that rely-on-him-every-week beast that he was earlier in the year. Um, the offense just seems a little a little slower, and it's, it has to do with offensive line play. Um, you know, the high tempo of the offense and the and the fact that the defense was so bad covered up a lot of inefficiencies in the offensive line that Seattle still tr- struggles to patch up holes for. They've been trying to do to put a good offensive line in tr- in front of, of Russell Wilson for years, and they just have not been able to do it. And here we are again. Russell Wilson is second in the NFL in sacks with 40. And the only reason why 40 is second in the NFL is because someone I'm going to be talking about in a little while ha- is on pace to have a historically sacked season. So besides one person who's ridiculously sacked over and over again, Russell Wilson is basically leading the league in sacks again. So that is having a ripple effect all throughout the offense, and it's obvious. So Tyler Lockett has been, right now, the the culprit. And going into the playoffs, a guy like Tyler, Tyler Lockett is so hard to be a manager for, so hard to have in your roster, because you can't sit him, because he can go for 50 at any time. He has been the wide receiver one twice this season. It's very rare that anyone repeats as wide receiver one. And he did it twice this season. That's something special. And it's just so hard right now. So his stock is down for me because that's such a hard decision. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame you for, for being concerned there, Tim. I can't blame you. And heading into the heading into the playoffs, you don't want concerns. You want confidence. But unfortunately, we're ending with players that do not yell confidence. They yell concern. And my second concerning com- player here, Tim. Concerning com- Bouncing player. off of concerning player bouncing off of your uh-oh a lot of sacks are happening heading to philly miles sanders who goodness gracious there is i don't care i mean look i don't care what doug peterson or anyone in the eagles front office says this workload for miles sanders makes absolutely no sense he played just over 50 percent of the carries last week Basically split carries with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. Boston Scott was the guy in on passing downs. Sanders saw one target, no catches, 10 rushes, 31 yards. He had five carries on the opening drive, had five carries the rest of the game. We are heading into the playoffs with Miles Sanders as a fringe-worthy flex play at best at this point. 
This is back-to-back-to-back weeks where he has topped out at 7.6 fantasy points, and he gets New Orleans, the number one rushing defense in the league, week 14. I'll tell you this. In our home league, I've been a very scrappy team, scraping together wins and such, and if I... I need Gabriel Davis to stay under 12 points, and if that happens, I secure a bye week. If I don't get the bye week and I'm forced to play next week, Miles Sanders may end up on my bench. I am also going to play in a league where Miles Sanders is going to be on my bench next week. I have Austin Eckler to take his place. I Miles Gaskin, really, to take his place. but Very upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of upsetting, if you're an Eagles fan, close your ears. Um, when Michael sent me uh, the, his list today, I started looking at Miles Sanders and Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz, we haven't even mentioned this yet, got, oh shit, Alex Smith's leg is bleeding profusely. Is it really? Is that Alex Smith? I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's like bleeding OD. Jeez. Shit. I hope everything's all right. It's like blood coming down his whole shit. Maybe he was spiked or something. I don't know. I didn't see it. I mean, that's where his where his like surgery is, that leg. Anyway, um, when I was looking like, hey, you know, Carson Wentz was benched. Jalen Hurts comes in, has some success. And is this something that we have to be concerned about? I think tomorrow we'll have more of an idea of whether or not they're really considering starting Jalen Hurts again um, next week. There are some people who are respected people in the fantasy industry that I – I take their, I take their advice very seriously. And I take their uh, their opinions very seriously. Think that Jalen Hurts will start next week for this team, um, and I was like, you know, Carson Wentz didn't lose his physical talent. Miles Sanders didn't lose their physical talent. Like, what's going on? And I found out. We know there's been a narrative. Hey, the Eagles have been injured on the offensive line. They've been pretty bad on the offensive line. How bad on the offensive line? they've been has been drastically understated this is a historically bad offensive line right now and it's because of the health because the eagles have been such a stalwart at the offensive line position lane johnson down um their left tackle down in the beginning of the season their entire line has been hurt in fact only jason kelsey has not been hurt on the line the eagles have had 11 different line combinations in the last 12 games Last week, a fourth-round rookie, Jack Driscoll, played instead of Lane Johnson, who is the best right tackle in the NFL. Wentz, Carson Wentz, has been sacked. Are you ready for this, Michael? 50 times this season. Let's put that into some perspective. How much 50 times is? Carson Wentz leads the league. He leads the league by 10 over Russell Wilson who has been sacked 40 times. To make it even worse, he leads the third place person by 17 to Sean Watson. 17 more sacks. That's a lot. It's a lot that's, of sackage going on. That's more than an extra sack a game over Deshaun Watson. Last season, the leader in quarterback sacks was 48 all season. He has already surpassed Last year's leader in sacks. If this pace keeps up, he will be the fourth most sacked quarterback ever. 
I'm talking ever since they started counting sacks. And two of those seasons was Derek Carr, I mean David Carr, on an expansion Houston Texans team. Just Randall Cunningham has been sacked. And that was Randall Cunningham before running quarterbacks were a thing and offensive lines knew how to protect for running quarterbacks. Those are the only three seasons that have that are on pace. Like, if the pace continues, it's a crazy pace, and Carson Wentz has to play. But if that pace continues, and that's not even counting the sacks. I don't even know if Jalen Hurts got sacked yesterday. He probably got sacked a couple Good times question. yesterday. If they keep up this pace, they're going towards historically bad offensive line play. And right now, I don't want pieces of an offensive puzzle on an historically playing with a historically bad offensive line with the quarterback. And I'm scared if I'm an Eagles fan because this is the kind of shit that gets between a quarterback's ears. And that's when you have to start worrying about your young $100 million quarterback becoming a bust is if something goes wrong in between the ears. Because physically, Carson Wentz looks healthier than ever. I mean, not for nothing, though. I know the Eagles offensive line has done him no favors, but he also just holds the ball in the pocket and doesn't move. He just stands in the pocket until he gets sacked for like half his sacks. It boggles my mind. And uh, also, they just don't run the ball. Like you have Miles Sanders run the damn ball. So there's a lot of bad stuff going on. On that offense, but I agree it's ridiculous. Uh, but my final stock down, Tim, Mr. Todd Gurley. There is no way I'm trusting Todd Gurley in the playoffs at this point. Like, he got a handoff yesterday, and I tweeted about it. He looked like David Johnson last year on that David Johnson run where everyone was like, what happened to David Johnson? He looked like that. Ridiculously slow. Tried, like, cutting and just got caught at the line of scrimmage. He ended with 16 yards on eight rushes and one catch for four yards. Now, apparently, oh, look at this new news. 20 minutes ago, Dirk Cutter said Todd Gurley's dealing with a knee injury. So that that adds even more to it. He surprise, was splitting surprise. time with Edo Smith and Brian Hill. There's a 0% chance Todd Gurley is or should be anywhere near a starting lineup, really, at this point. If you traded Todd Gurley when we told you to, congratulations. You, you probably got... Someone in in our league got yeah, Keenan I didn't Allen expect it to, for Todd Gurley. Yeah, I didn't expect the drop off to be this drastic, but we did say like sell him. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Todd Gurley's done. Uh. My last guy is Gio Bernard. Useless. Just useless. Useless. Giovanni. He's a that whole player. offense, man. Without yeah. like Tyler Boyd had a seventy yard catch and run. You can't bank on those. Like DJ Chark had that a couple of weeks ago too. And then guess what? The next game he did nothing. That was Tyler Boyd's only catch before he got ejected. Like, it's just, you can't really, you can't trust it. And T. Higgins has had decent games, but that whole offense at this point with whoever's going to be a quarterback, Ryan Finley now is looking like he's going to be quarterback. It's just, it's really? bad, man. I didn't I didn't hear that news. They're going to Ryan Finley? Yeah, Brandon Allen got hurt last week, and then Finley ended the game, and now I think it's, it's word is that Finley's going to be the guy next week. But Allen didn't look tell. so bad. When he was playing, like he looked, he looked decent. He was not lighting the world on fire, obviously, but he was eh, a, decent as a stretch. It's a capable quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Eh. 
he had a right arm. There you go. That's more like it. Is he a lefty? <laughs> he's a lefty, right? No, I don't think so. No, nah, he's a lefty for sure. There's no way he's a lefty. I know. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> Michael, you're a lefty. Where could they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. I am a lefty. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim, at BrotoFFJ. Jason is going to be here. BrotoFF Jason, actually. Jason. But, yeah. I made the mistake. He usually makes the I mistake. think he should be on tomorrow's Patreon pod as well. Yes. Jason's going to be here for the remainder of the playoffs. So excited about that. Um, you can find us all at Broto Fantasy. You can find us at BrotoFantasy.com. Please contribute to the show. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Please support us by supporting our sponsors over at um, uh, PartyBelts.com and ThriveFantasy.com. Oh, man. I just saw I just saw one go off the fingertips of uh, of T- Terry McLaren. I think it was a, a replay, though. Hmm, that was a big one. Um, anyway, it's 14 nothing Steelers right now. With the first half coming to an end. Uh, if you are listening to this, it is not that time. It's literally impossible because this is not a live recording. So that's what we are up to. Please join us tomorrow for the waiver pod. We have the extra waiver pod for you guys. Very important. Very important going into the fantasy championship and the fantasy playoffs. Um, that is available on patreon.com slash fantasy for as little as $3 a month plus tons more extras. Then, of course... We have our regular preview pods. Make sure you come in and tune into those where we review every single fantasy viable player out there. If you watch things like fantasy football now, I don't want to say things. I guess I'm just going to say it. If you watch morning shows like that, NFL.com, fantasy, those guys give you the surface of fantasy football. They give you the clean version of fantasy football. They give you like... Oh, yeah, we're going to decide who between these two top 10 players is going to have a better game. That's their conversations. That's not our conversations. Those aren't league-winning conversations. Those are those are conversations because they don't want to have bad records on television. Um, our conversations go through every single person that you could play, and that opens up the universe for our, us Brodo Fantasy footballers, football members. That's right. Right? That's right. BrotoFantasy.com. We're here for you. We're here, man. We're here. We're here with some gobble go. <laughs> Later. Later.